So, good evening, Gregor. How are you this evening? I'm well, James. How's yourself? I'm all right. I'm not too bad. How's your week been? It's been busy all week at work. Um, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And been a busy old week watching the football as well. Um, yeah, but you don't need so to bother watching it anymore now, so there's that. I'll still, I'll still continue to watch it. Just supporting everybody who's playing against England, yeah? Well, I've not, I've not decided which one of the 15 teams I'm going to support. But <laughs> I'm going to try supporting Germany next. I was going to say, that, that, that's who I would go for next if I were you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm going to do next. But, uh, yeah, so, other than that, we had a glorious day here in Edinburgh today and it is now pouring of rain. Oh, we've just had, like, mugginess and rain. We had about an hour of blue skies, but other than that, it's just been muggy and rainy, really. And I got the bus to my work this morning. And um, I must resist to shout that line from the in-betweeners at you. Um, and there was no queue. Is that unusual? There was no queue for the bus, you know. I know what you're getting at. I'm just being a dick and ignoring you. <laughs> and uh, I went to uh, Tesco's because we had a, a small incident in my office today. We have these communal kitchens, mm -hmm. and I had lunch in the communal kitchen nearest me, and then we got an email that we've had a COVID alert, and the kitchen was cordoned off. Ah. Because, so I had to go to Tesco's and get my lunch, and there was no queue in Tesco's No either. queue in Tesco's either? No. Wow. No. Well, I, I, I did go and get some uh, diesel earlier on today, and I have to say that down here in England, there was also no queue when I went to get the no diesel. Queue. No queue to get diesel, no. I wonder what's happened to the queue. I don't know. It's very strange. Mind you, the queue always... There's always a queue when you least expect it or want it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never get a queue when you've got plenty of time and plenty of um, availability to be able to deal with a queue. Mm, yeah. I, I think you should reveal to uh, Stuart and Ian and the listener in Texas or our, our entire audience what we're talking about tonight. We're doing the Herogen again. Yay. No, I we're mean, not. <laughs> no, well, can, can you not tell from the garage behind me where we're going today? Have you not noticed that, my backdrop? Is, is this the one from Voyager, is it? It is, it is. It's yes. the, the garage that the Q Continuum are in in Voyager. That's right, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else. We are looking at the Q today. Um because JJ sent me a message saying, what do you want to talk about? So I got to pick what we were talking about today, Gregor. It's very exciting. Uh, so I chose the queue. So if you don't like the topic, that's my fault. We can't blame JJ for this one. Well, we can, uh, but we shouldn't. Well, you mean um, vicariously because he let you do it. Therefore, if I don't like it, it's JJ's fault. That sounds completely up to you. I, I was willing to take responsibility, but if you want to hand that responsibility back to JJ, then that's that's up to you. Well, I don't see why either of us should take responsibility for anything when JJ isn't here. That seems fair. I think that's fair. Yeah? I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, you've picked a topic. So I have. I think... There's probably a couple of obvious places to start, but why don't you kick us off? Can it be in my living room where my new autograph picture of John Delancey is hanging? Oh, 
okay, I can tell how this is going to go um, right from the off now. So uh, why don't we start in your living room then? Okay, so in my living room is a beautiful picture of John Delancey, signed by John Delancey, and I'm very, very happy with it. So why don't you tell us a story behind the picture? Uh, I bought it from the DST auction on Facebook. It's really not exciting. Oh, well, I was <laughs> expecting a much, no, much better story Sadly, he doesn't come to the UK often enough for um, me to have not gone, I'm going to have it when it comes up on auction. If it turns out that I go to Vegas and he's there, then I'll still get another autograph because the one I've got isn't personalised. It's just literally a picture with his name on it. But he's one of those who doesn't come to the UK very often. So the ones who don't, when I see them on the DST auctions, I tend to try and pick those up. Let's see. Well, I've got a little bit of a cute T-shirt. It's, it's quite faded now. Yeah, I can't see what's supposed to be on that. So can you... Is that Worf dressed as a merry... Something not, not a merry man. I am not I am. a merry man. Yes, that's it. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember which one of the merry men Worf was, but... He was uh, both Scarlet. Was he? Oh, that makes yeah. sense, because he was wearing Scarlet. Yeah, I should have yes. been able to put those two together, but apparently not. Sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. I don't know whether you're quoting Worf or just talking about yourself there, Gregor. A bit of both. Yeah. Of both. Um, yes, I would say. That, of course, is Cupid, which I'm sure will come to Cupid. Oh, we... Rather. The, the reason I chose Q is there's so much to talk about. We've got everything going right back to when he turned up in TNG. We've got the other Qs that appear at various points. Um, we've got Janeway in a big ball gown. And we've got right through to the new trailer for Picard. So we've got lots and lots of Q to be able to talk about. So I thought there was a possible chance that now and again we could actually touch on topic. Um, well, we'll see what we can do. But yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. So um, I, I'm, uh, I, I can see a, I can see your first fight coming up very shortly. Um, so why don't you... Tell us about the introduction to the queue. The introduction to the queue. So we're going right back to Encounter at Farpoint then, are we? Oh, are we? Are we not? Well, do you think that was the first time we saw the queue? Are we talking real-world chronology? Because, no, I don't think they were in Enterprise either. No, not an Enterprise. No, I thought the first appearance of the queue was Encounter at Firepoint. Hmm. Hmm. There is a fan theory with which I agree. Memory Alpha don't, but carry on. Many people agree with me that the first time we saw the queue was in the TOS episode, The Squire of Gophos. I've not seen that, so you're going to have to give me some more background on that. I don't think we're going to fall out because my answer is going to be I don't know, I haven't seen uh, it. I've not seen it, yes. I'm going to be uh, JJ yes, tonight. Um, okay, uh, don't know, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so, in the Squire of Gophos, the triumvirate of Kirk, Spock, McCoy beam down to a planet and they come across a being called Trelane who has very many, many powers similar to Q. Uh, and it turns out 
skipping a few things, um, that he's a bit of a spoiled child. Sounds uh, so like you so far. Does sound like you. Uh, yep. And many people speculate that that was actually, if not the cue, as in officially it's a cue, it was certainly something that when Roddenberry wrote uh, Encounter at Farpoint, that was one of his influences. And on a tricky trivia point of view, the Trelane was played by William Campbell, who also played Koloff in The Trouble with Tribbles. Okay. And Co- and Koloff in Blood Oath in Deep Space Nine. Cool. But no, as far as but, I was aware, the first um, appearance of the Q, and if we're talking strictly canon, like super strictly, then that would be because they were never referenced as being the Q in that episode of TOS from what you've just said. No. But I can understand. It certainly sounds like a, a description of the Q. So if that wasn't the Q, it certainly sounds like it was an inspiration for them. So we meet Q. How do we describe Q? Well, first time we see Q, um, he's do, basically... So do, you mean, uh, do you mean, when you say how do we describe Q? Is that, aside from saying, played by the super cute John Delancey? I'm just cleaning this up for the listeners at the beginning. It depends what I'm talking about when I use the word Q, doesn't it? Because it's a bit like the word sheep. You have one sheep that might be called sheep, but then you could have a whole flock of sheep that are all called sheep, and they're all just sheep, and you don't know whether you're referring to that sheep, that sheep, or all the sheep and it's similar with Q, isn't it? So, no, I'm talking about the Q that is played by ver- the very attractive John Delancey, who, my God, what a silver fox he is now. But anyway, let's carry on with... Um... Oh, some things do get better with age. That man's like a fine wine. But anyway, focus. Um, so we first meet Q in Encounter at Firepoint. It is the trial of picard on the on the behalf of humanity um where we see q in the very strange judge um uniform really iconic look to q when he's wearing that judge thing and he's on the magic flying chair um so how do we describe q well q is to all intents and purposes, Q is a god, but they never use the word god, really, is the way I interpret that. So maybe in Star Trek world, that is where they think that religion comes from, maybe? I don't know. Well, I think to use... Because TNG was 1987, so let's use 1987 terminology. Um, Q is a facsimile of god. Yes, I mean, I, you mean he's black uh, and white and takes seven minutes to arrive on a piece of A4 paper? Yeah, it makes really annoying, annoying noises while you're waiting as well. But uh, if he rings you by accident, you can whistle at him and make him crash? Yeah. See, I'm not as young as I look. <laughs> I remember crashing fax machines at Rangers by accident. Um, I, I mean, my uh, opinion of the queue from when we first meet the queue and encounter at Farpoint, I thought... The first couple of encounters is when the Q continuum was at its most fascinating and when Q, as played by John Delancey, was at its most interesting. It became a little bit of a comedic 
figure and less menacing. And the intervening episodes after that, such as Cupid, which I'm sure we'll come on to. I do think, though, by the time we got to Return... Uh, why was I going to say Return of the Jedi there? Q's not in that. That's just Space I Wizards. I know. Uh, by the time we get to For All Good Things, we've got Q from Encounter at Farpoint back. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Q was great in Deep Space Nine. The Q less, I think it was, the episode... And um, the Q in the Grey, I don't think it was John Delancey that was the interesting character in the Q in the Grey. I think it was the other Q that was interesting, not the Q in the Grey. The Q in the Grey is the one with Susie Clarkson, isn't it? Uh, you, you're talking episode titles, isn't it, Gregor? You know how my okay. brain works. Okay, so in Voyager, there's the Q in the Grey, which is the Q Civil War with Susie Clarkson. Yep. Uh, and there's the... And there's the one with the Q who wants to die... Yes, which is the one episode I'm struggling to remember. And then we've got the queue with John Delancey's actual son playing Q's son. Yeah, that's Q2. Deathwish is the one with the suicidal queue. That, that would make sense, because he literally wants to die, so he has a death wish. Yeah, so that's that's that one. And only in the one episode of Deep, Deep Space Nine. But uh, obviously TNG is where everyone remembers the Q from. Unless you're JJ and you haven't seen TNG, then you'll only remember the Q from Voyager. Well, well, actually, he's here. He's made a special guest appearance. Uh, so let's bring JJ in. So JJ, what did you think of the DS9 episode, Qless? Don't know. I haven't seen it. Thank you, JJ. Um, so that, yeah, so we're more or less continuing off from last week with uh, JJ on Deep Space Nine, aren't we? Oh, and we've got Lower Decks as well. Q does make an appearance in Lower Decks. I forgot about that when we were talking about oh, what he'd been in. Uh, I've seen Lower Decks, but I think you're going to have to prompt me because it's not that memorable to me. It's, well, it, it's not a massive appearance. It's in the episode Veritas. Um, and basically at one point, he pretty much just flies past um, in his judge outfit on a chair. Um, but he does have a line or two i can't remember exactly what it is he says um but q rocks up on the bridge and he he's wearing his weird judgy garb i can't remember what he says he has a couple of lines it's not a huge thing i think it's just more of a an acknowledging nod um He's not massively pivotal to the plot, but it is nice to see him. It's not one of those where it looks like they've just stuck him in for the sake of it. It does it does kind of make sense when he rocks up. Um, and he is voiced by John Delancey in um, Lower Decks as well, so that always makes me happy. I do like it in Lower Decks when they have actual legacy people actually playing their parts. You still can't be- beat Riker being on the bridge, though, who apparently always goes to warp with, with jazz music playing. Because apparently he does. I think I remember that. Yeah, I think I remember that. It's when he rocks up on the oh, Titan oh, oh. to save the day. Ah. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't do that at the end of Picard, though, does it? No, no, I don't think we actually see him actually going off to warp, though. 
I think the view screen may disappear before he actually gives the engage command. Because in Lordex, it's something like, um, Computer, play me some jazz. Engage. I'll have to maybe watch that again. When's, when's season two of Lordex? It can't be that far. It can't be that long now. Allow me to just have a think really hard. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it somewhere, but your super memory will come back any moment now, I can tell. Uh, so apparently it's going to come out on the 12th of August. Ah, a glorious 12th. This, this, this is according to Wikipedia though, so that may or may not be correct. Well, that's probably just on Paramount Plus. Yes, that is the US premiere. We'll get it at some point, maybe. Although Amazon have obviously signed the deal with them now because they've got Picard and Loadex on uh, Amazon Prime now. So I'm assuming that that deal that they've got with Paramount for Loadex is going to be a continuing deal to strike out new franchises and new civilizations and to boldly go where Jeff Bezos has never gone before. Hey, on the plus side, it's not going to be that long before they strap him to a rocket and launch him into space. Yeah, we shall see what happens. All right, sadly they're planning on bringing him back, but still, mm. we, we do get to just enjoy the mental picture of him being strapped to a hell of a lot of very explosive fuel and launched into the atmosphere. Is he, is he going to launch, right? And on, what is it, Blue, what, what's it called again? Blue something, isn't it? I can't remember, but if you've got enough money, you can buy the middle seat in between him and his right, brother. So Who the hell would pay for that trip? Is, is he delivering a Blu-ray disc to the International Space Station? And he's going to sort of quickly knock it, he's going to go, leave it floating outside the space station and then quickly return to Earth before you get to the door. Don't be daft. If he's delivering <laughs> from Amazon, it, it'll be the shuttle will slowly pass within about a parsec of the ISS as he lobs it out of the <laughs> hatch of his shuttle on the way past and it will just bounce off the hatch of the ISS. Mm. And and then, um, then they'll get a notification saying it was handed to resident. Yeah, and then... then People in ISS can complain and say they never got it. Yeah. And then um, people at Amazon can pull him up and say, what, what are you doing? And he can find out how it feels. Yeah. And in return, they'll get like an extra month of Amazon Prime for the fact they haven't got yeah. the delivery properly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, that, that, that could happen. It, it could. Might need a little bit of a help from an omnipotent alien to make it happen like effectively, though. Okay, now you say omnipotent alien. Because we're talking Jeff Bezos, is this going to be the, the proto-molecule rather than the Q? <laughs> no, I was referring to the Q, to be fair. All right, okay, okay. So we're back on Q. That, 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 that was the attempt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at yeah. your Q sheet, Gregor. Yeah, oh, God. This is... Uh, this is... This is Got to get bad tonight, I can tell. Um, so, I think it's fair to say Encounter at Farpoint's not a great episode. I think the Space Jellyfish 
it's, it's quite a tricky original series type episode with the themes that they attempt in it. It's a very uh, good episode for exposition, though. Yeah, well, they have to introduce everyone, don't they? So yeah. you have to give a, 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 a degree of latitude. Most pilots are crap. But, however, the, the introduction of the queue is very interesting, straight yes. from the off. And the court scene. And, of course, it's impossible to mention Cowboy at Farpoint without thinking about the bookend at the other end of TNG, which is For All Good Things, but I'm sure we'll come to For All Good Things. Yeah, um, we might. We might get bored and talk about someone else. Probably. probably. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, the queue's a fascinating character. And it also gave a great foil for Picard straight from the off. Yes. Uh, it was a great tool to uh, allow uh, the writers, who I think at that time for that episode it was DC Fontana and Gene himself, uh, really lay the foundations of the Picard character. Yeah, it was... It, it was interesting to see the the play between the two of them it gave um patrick stewart a really good chance to act as well um and to actually deliver a performance um because it's nice to have a capable actor playing a captain in star trek so i think that was a a really good uh thing for patrick stewart to be able to actually have somebody to act with and we meet Starfleet's greatest engineer in that episode as well. Wesley? Chief O'Brien. Oh, sorry. Eh, do we? Or do we just meet a random spod played by Cole Meany? Because he played... I, they're not all Chief O'Brien. <laughs> Look at the rank on his collar. He goes lieutenant down to ensign. He's all over the shop wearing different coloured uniforms and all sorts. Well, why, well, why don't you go and be the person that does the continuity on Star Trek then? Hmm. Why, why, if you're so fucking smart, you go do it. Hmm. No, but you know, if you're gonna use, you just, you just, you have just insulted Mike and Denise Okuda. That was their job, and you have just absolutely insulted them. I am so angry at you now, right now. So angry. Cool. Really you upset. carry on, but it's basic. If you're going to be using the same background artist, because that's what he was at that point, if you're going to be using the same background artist recurringly in a series like TNG or like... They do the same in Voyager. It just happens that none of them have become a person. Um, Just give them the same colour uniform and the same rank. It wouldn't have detracted from, from any of... Meaning these performances or any of the other background artists, but it would have meant that at any point they can choose one of those background artists, like they did with Colmini, and bring them to the front and make them into a real character, and then that character has a proper back history, as opposed to being somebody who's flitted around in different ranks and different branches, and it just doesn't make sense well, for it, that to be the, Chief O'Brien. The, didn't he flip between red and yellow as well? Yeah, because he was wearing sh- red in Encounter at Firepoint. Yeah. But he was also a, a, a lieutenant. 
yet in DS9, we hear him say that he never wanted to take the officer route because he wanted to be an enlisted man. So it's obviously not Chief O'Brien in Encounter at Firepoint. It's just maybe it's his twin, his twin it's brother, his twin yeah. Brother. But it, I, I just think it's... I, I honestly think it's just... Put your head together. Come on, just give them the same costume each week. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That's, that's quite a lot to ask for. You know. It's really not. Oh, this one fits. That's yours now. There we go. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so when do we meet Q next then after Space Jellyfish? I don't know, because that beer went down the wrong hole. <coughs> oh dear. I'll just, I'll fill in for you. Thank you. Um, yeah. The next time we see Q is Season 1, Episode 10, when we have Hide and Q. Which is when Riker is made into a Q. Mm. Temporarily. I mean, he could have lifted his leg over any chair if he was a Q. And he chose not to do it. And you know how much he liked to lift his leg over a chair. I have yet to see a chair that I don't think Riker could get his leg over. Yeah, he loves his leg over. Yeah, I think he could could get his leg over anything he wanted to, to be honest. Chair or not. Beard or not. Chair or not. Yeah, yeah, he's better with the beard. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I think clean-shaven, he's only going to manage a chair. But let him have a beard and he'll manage more than a chair. Right. Although he didn't have a beard when he was on that um, matriarchal planet wearing that weird sarong thing, did he? Angel One. Is that a season one? One. Angel One. I don't think he yeah, had a beard. Is... I think it. Oh, you're gonna... I'm going to have to check if Angel One is season <laughs> one now. The one where men are treated as second class citizens on that planet. Yeah. It's not a good episode, let's be honest. No, but it. It, I well, got it's, it's, it's season one, season one, episode 14. I got what they were trying to say with it. They were trying to say, fuck the patriarchy, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean... I, there are better ways but, of doing it, and it is done better in different episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. You know what I think of that episode? Bloody woke women. Bloody woke women. All these bloody woke women. Oh, sorry, I turned into Lawrence Fox there for a minute. I I, I um, couldn't even work out what you were saying then. You went really broad Scottish. It was meant to be Yorkshire, actually. Oh, it wasn't. I, I, I was saying bloody woke women. Oh, woke women, right. Woke women, yes. Bloody woke women. I cannot date a woke woman. For yeah, but if you've been Lawrence first... Fox, you haven't got much chance with... Anyone, to be honest, beggars can't be choosers, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Although he did marry, well, Billy Piper married him. I have no idea why. Yeah, because you know that's a real boost to your ego. Being like Chris Evans is castoffs. No, no. Billy Piper hasn't got great taste. She married Chris Evans. Yeah, but at least that'd have been a good laugh. And I don't mean the attractive Chris Evans from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yes. I mean the ugly ginger one from The Big Breakfast. Yeah, but that would have been a laugh. Let's be honest. That would have been a laugh for her. When she was 17, 18, and 
married Chris Evans and he was driving up and gifting her Ferraris and parties and all the superstars that she'd have been meeting with him at the time. That'd have been a good laugh, let's be honest. Yeah, but he's he's not great looking and not very nice as a person. So I'm not quite sure what she saw in him. The Ferraris? Yeah, it, it must have been the money. Or maybe it's just because she wanted to. I don't know if you got the song reference there. There's a song reference in there if you try hard I, enough. I, I, I don't know the next line, which is what I'm trying to think, and I can't uh, remember. Because we want to. Because we want because, to. That's it. Why do you have to song. play that song so loud? Because we want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's See, I, I can rap any... like a 90s white girl. Yeah. <laughs> It's about as good as my rap gets. <laughs> well, it got, it got her a Doctor Who gig, didn't it? She was actually oddly good in that. It was. She's actually a very good actress. Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. Her stuff. Um, a very good actor. Uh, yeah, I saw some. Who did I see the other week? Oh, Jennifer. No, not Jennifer Aniston. Wrong one. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston in um, that thing. The one you told me to watch. No, you told me to watch it. I told you to watch it. That's the one. The morning, the morning show. Break. Yeah. I was going to say the Breakfast Club. To yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, she wasn't in that. Um, in the Morning Show, that was another example of somebody who I didn't know how, who could act, who actually turned out that they could. I thought she was very good at We Are the Millers, actually. I've not just, seen that one, so. Well, I only just seen it about two months ago, and uh, it was hilarious. It's great. It's so funny. Was not expecting it to be as funny as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very funny film. No, I think up until the morning show, she kind of pigeonholed herself into being a light comedic actress who actually can act, which is nice. She should perhaps have a word with William Shatner. Oh! William uh, Shatner's a very good actor. He just needs directed, that's all. He's become a parody of himself in the second half of his, his career. That's... That's what what he played to and that's why he made the money. Um, So there you go. So, yeah, that's not a great episode, is it? No, but it does have the cue in it. It does have the cue in it. Yeah, and then we've got the silly cue episodes in the middle. We've got Marachi bands and all that bollocks. No, we've got a great cue episode before we get to Oh, we've got cue who first, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a brilliant Q episode. Again, his medicine, he's got no regard for individual life because they killed him. he's quite happy for the eighteen people on the Enterprise to get killed. And um, Guinan goes Grr Yeah, scary, <laughs> scary Guinan. Guinan um, goes Grr You know, and at the end of it he tells Picard if you can't take a bloody nose, go home. Yeah. You know? uh, and sort of fits nicely with the the theme that comes back in for all good things about the trial never ending. Yep. But, and yeah, then so, we get the Marachi band. Yes, yeah, so that's Deja Q, although I think one of the good things to come out of that episode was the, the data laugh. No, that was freaky. Well done, Brent well, Spiner. That was creepy as hell. Well, I don't think it was creepy. I thought it was... Uh, it was very human. I thought it was quite touching. 
it's the look in his eyes when he's laughing where he's laughing but he's scared about the fact that he's laughing and it just comes across as creepy it's a very very well acted scene brent spiner acted that really well because it's like from above the nose he's got one emotion and from the nose down he's got another and the two are kind of incongruous with each other and i really like it but i, I, I think that is the probably the best bit of that episode and we meet the board no that's a uh, uh, we're talking about really. q who aren't we yeah but deja q's really makes data laugh all oh, right sorry i thought we were still talking about q who sorry because Deja Q, uh, Data's going to sacrifice himself to save Q, and then it reverses, and then Corbin Benson, who's the other Q, turns up and gives Q's powers back, and it's a oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a thank you, he gives Data uh, the power of laughter for a few seconds. Yeah. Um, then, we get to, <clears throat> then we get to Cupid. Stupid, yeah. I am not. That's a good, funny episode. No, it is. It, it's a. Uh... It's essentially a holodeck episode that doesn't take place on the holodeck. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a holodeck episode using a different mechanic. Mm. And I quite like a good holodeck episode because they're great for character building. And this time, Patrick Stewart gets to get his leg over instead. He does get his leg over a couple of times, does Patrick? Yeah. Whereas it's normally Riker bedding all the aliens that he can get his hands on. But well, I mean, I mean, Patrick Stewart when he gets say some leave, where does he go? He goes to Risa, the Swingers planet. Yeah, I'm not sure he goes by choice though. It doesn't seem like he's. But you know, eventually Did... he gets to blow somebody's head off, so it's it's fun. Did he know it was a, a Swingers planet? planet because he's sitting reading a book at the pool but he's got that um the little statue that i can't is it the horror crap horror box i I can't Uh, remember but the the risen sex statue the one that if you hold it means you're up for it it's basically the the rising equivalent of pampas grass in your garden yeah yeah it's Um, like putting a red light bulb in your house only there's no charge yeah exactly uh, and I think it's Vash yourself that says, ah, you see Jamaharon. Every time I see one of those statues, though, I can't help but think of that scene when Quark's on Riser and he just runs off with one in his face with a really dirty, in his hands with a really dirty look on his face. <laughs> it's like, oh God, free love and Quark. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I quite like that. I mean, that's not a cute episode, but I quite like Captain's Holiday. Yeah. No, it it is a good episode. And you get to see the guy getting his head blown off. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, you do. Yes. Which is very un-Star Trek-like special effects, and I quite like it. Because mm-hmm. normally yeah, well, it's just like some photon beam drawn on top of this, the film after they've filmed it and some guy falling over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's... No, although... We're into season three or four now, so the budget's probably up a bit. It definitely was for that. Because they had a lot better music. They had orchestras instead of synths and things like that. So. And unlike season one, the music wasn't louder than the dialogue. 
I find season yeah. one of TNG really hard to watch purely because the music's so loud and so cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, it's, it's, it's a little bit over the top. Yeah. The yeah. They get better very quickly when you get into season two, but season one is a hard watch mainly because of the music. Um, so I'm on memory alpha because I've had to give up. What's true true Q about? What's that one? True oh, that's Q. Where they, yeah, that's where they go to make uh, Olivia Diablo or um, a Q, the young girl. Nope. I have no recollection of this episode at all. I'm looking at it on Memory Alpha now. Yeah, I, rem- I remember it. I ha- I'll have seen it because it's yeah. Star Trek. Uh, and, you know, are... proper Star Trek fans have seen it all. Although I haven't uh, seen all of TOS. Um, have you watched Spark's Brain yet? No. Save it for Friday night. Have a drinking game on Friday night and watch Spock's Brain. Just have a drink every time someone says Spock's Brain. You'll love it. You'll be drunk by the end of the episode. I'll probably be drunk by the end of the episode anyway. It's Friday night. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I won't do it this week because we're going out for dinner tomorrow. But Oh, anywhere nice? Just the local Italian. Just trying to support local businesses because they've been shut for that bloody long that... It, and my daughter got a badge at school for getting so many merits, so I'm going to oh. treat her to a meal out at a restaurant she really likes. Excellent. Excellent. I'll say congratulations for me. I will, and she'll say, who the hell's Gregor? And then I'll say, stop saying hell, that's rude. And then yeah. that'll be that conversation. Uh, angry Scottish man on my podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, true cue. I'm sorry, I can't remember that episode at all. I think I've done the queue a little bit of a disservice by saying that the episodes in between Hugh Hugh and All Good Things are all nonsense because Tapestry's quite an interesting... Yeah, no, that one I do remember. That one's cool. That's basically, hey, Picard, can we have your backstory? Yeah. But I'm not complaining about that. We find out about his heart and why he's got the, the... fake synthetic heart or whatever it is um although i have to say teal is not patrick stewart's color mm. he he doesn't suit the teal uniform is that because you're so used to seeing him in the command uniform i don't know i just don't think it's his color but oh he certainly suits a monster maroon well it's not patrick stewart is it but whoever mm. it is who plays the young Picard in in the Monster Maroon. Four. I was I was I was going to say isn't Eric Stoltz in that episode? I don't think he is. I think it's someone who looks like Eric Stoltz, but was actually in quite a few things himself. I can't remember the actor's name, uh, and that's I'm not. That's not is the it best. Marcus Nash? Uh, yes, remember. it's Marcus Nash. Is it? Uh, Plays Ensign Jean Luc Picard in Star Trek: The Next Generation, sixth season, episode Tapestry. He's got hair. He does. He's got hair. Mm. Well, he's he's still to, acting. He's still acting. I, 
Hughes, uh, he's not back to his most menacing best in this, but he's, uh, he's um, what's the word I'm trying to think here? He's a good vessel for story developments in that episode. Uh, Q well, it, is a great it, it, tool in well, all senses of the word. Is okay, we're going down that road again. Uh, he, he taunts. Oh, I didn't think about that third me- uh, uh, reason, meaning of the word tool. I agree, but I hadn't thought of that one. I was meaning uh, he, tool he, as in idiot, tool as in thing that we can use for dramatic purposes. Not not tool as in third leg. Uh, no, but I yeah. am now thinking of that. Oh no, if you're a Q and you're omnipotent, that third leg can be yeah. as big or as small as you want. Uh, sorry, yeah. carry on. Yeah, but no, he really taunts uh, Picard in this one. Mm. And the way that he taunts everybody, human humanity, on the whole, yeah, uh, is, he's personally taunting Picard in this one uh, by showing him, showing him the alternative. Yeah, but it's like a a a young kid teasing a puppy, isn't it? Mm. It's very yeah. very much that sort of relationship. It's uh, the power difference is so dramatic that it's just it's nice to see weak vulnerable Picard excuse me because we never see that side of Picard Picard is always the stoic leader and it's good to see him on the back foot and to see that vulnerable side because it makes more of a roundness to his character we do see a couple a few episodes we see it in family yes yeah the, no there are the odd bits but generally speaking so it's another good dramatic tool to be able to let us see that side of picard that most plot doesn't let you see are you now trying to say the word tool as often as you can no maybe mm. yes yes mm. Yeah. So, what's after? Oh, after tapestry. That. Yeah. Was all, all good things. There's none in between then. No. So, which episode has the Marachi band in it? That's Q uh, Hu. Is that Q Hu? Deja Q. Deja Q. I knew it was in Deja one of them. I, I really like it when they turn up. But cool. Yeah. So we're on to all good things. Yes. Which is basically Encounter at Farpoint Part 3. Um, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. I, I, I would agree uh, on that one. It certainly squares the circle. Yeah, no, it's it's a good way of ending uh, well, what, a non-linear TV series. Yeah. What a finale. Oh, it's, it's, it's nearly as good as the finale to DS9. I don't quite cry as much at this one. I would like to pick. Um, it's like asking you to pick your favourite twin. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what a finale! And you know, it takes things full circle. We've got Tasha back. Mm-hmm. We've got Hugh from Encounter at Farpoint back. Yep. And uh, back to his very scary Hugh. Most intimidating. Uh, self, um, omnipotent self. Yep. 
Uh, and it, it's just fantastic. And uh, the great way, the great thing about it is that you know when you if you think about Picard's journey, which is a metaphor for humanity's journey. Yeah, Picard is the epitome of humanity. It ties in, you know, every great episode that you can think of where Picard's been amazing, whether it's pen pals or whatever, it all comes home to roost in this episode where he's back in the courtroom from encounter at Farpoint and, you know, Q says to him, the trial never ends. Yeah. No matter what you do, we're going to be watching you. Which I'm sure is going to come into play... In Picard. In Picard, looking for what we've seen in the... the, the uh, what's the word? The trailer. 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 Yeah, almost teaser. certainly. It'll be... Or is it, do you prefer to call it a teaser? Because the Silver Fox is there and teasing you. Oh, don't make me think of those thoughts. I'm trying to record a podcast and I'll just end up making inappropriate noises. So, um... My God, that man. Oh, what a fine wine. Anyway, um, yeah, so how they're going to carry on from all good things, I'm not sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see what exactly it is that Q has done in the Picard universe and why he's done it. Because obviously he does something because, like, Seven's implants disappear and the the crew of his ship end up with Starfleet badges on and he's giving a speech in Starfleet uniforms. It's something that I can only think of Q-size thing must have happened. Well, time is broken. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm is not it broken or does Q just go, ha ha, hey Picard, I'm going to fuck with you again? Uh... Oh, okay, right. Um, he's come to Picard for help, and it's going to be somebody else that turns out that ah, it's going to be some kind of bullshit. I can't help it. It's going, they're going to take a great character and ruin it. See, you, you've got me all negative again. I was trying um, to start you out on a positive stump, slant now. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch any more trailers. Well, that's a lie. I'll probably watch trailers. I was going to say, it's going to make a pretty shit podcast but when I try I'm and not, talk about it and you just sit there and be JJ. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to listen to any podcasts or theories before it. Oh, no. No, I'm, I tend to avoid um, fan theories. I like to have my own very uneducated guesses whereas I think a lot of the podcasts go into far too much intricate I agree on, on both sides of the, the good or bad they both do that um... whereas us just sitting here and not going into massive meticulous detail and just going oh I think this might happen as a very broad thing I don't have an issue with. Okay, well, I'm, I'm worried that they may go in a direction that I don't think is going to make the best of, of what they're, they're introducing. Now, it's always a risk when you take legacy characters back. It's alright, what they'll do is they'll spend five episodes making him good and then they'll kill him. Oh no, wait, sorry, that was Hugh. 
Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm yeah, not I mean, better. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they've done a great job with seven of nine in Picard. Uh, I think turning in, turning her into a vigilante was not a, a great a great story arc for her. I think they could have done more. Maybe they will. Oh. She's in season two. Well, hopefully they don't waste her this time. But yeah, bit, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, but I mean, Picard's an android now, so why is um, why would Q have still still have an interest in him unless he's not an android in this timeline? Also, the whole is he an android, isn't he? Is weird when somebody's consciousness is transferred into. At, at that point, are they still there? Are they somebody, You've got that whole thing there haven't you mm-hmm. it's like if you downloaded the whole of say that B4 was good enough to be able to take it if you download data and put in all that information into B4 is that then B4 or data well I think that's a question for Brent, Brent Spiner do you think B4 could take it Brent <laughs> No one's, no sorry. one knows the character. That was a really than... dirty laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but I mean, what did the listeners think? Did, did the listeners think B4 could take it? That's the. But it, it's the ethical thing, isn't it? Uh, the is season two Picard, Picard, or is season two Picard an android, or is season two Picard something else, or what is? Jean-Luc Picard at the beginning of season well at the end of season one of Picard well this is this is actually a really good question because one of Picard's failings was they made it all about what synthetic life but we never once had an intelligent discussion or bit of dialogue in the whole ten episodes of sentient life versus artificial uh, Versus real life, artificial life, artificial intelligence, positronic brains. How? What's your tipping point? Which was done, yeah, much much better in Measure of a Man, which is an episode that Picard rested on heavily. Mm. And I think for the new audience, I think it's done better in Voyager. To be honest, when you've got the. the doctor, the doctor almost going joining the holographic crew of that vessel. I think I think it's done better in Voyager. Full stop with the doctor. Every episode that the doctor's in, yeah, there's um, there's some sort of. But I think Voyager handled that ethical dilemma better than the Next Generation. But then again, they've got it, it's. 10, 15 years further... No, it's not that long, is it? It just feels like it. It's a few years further and a few years more contemporary and it can. it's going to be more relatable to modern eyes, isn't it? Because it's a newer creation. Well, here's a question for you. If it had been the EMH and Seven of Nine who were merged in that transporter accident, what would Jane be have done? Fucked it. I mean, there was a good episode where they did swap places. Yeah, oh, 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 I love that so much. They both 
fucking acted their asses off in that and it was brilliant and yes apparently i am getting drunker tonight quicker than expected gregor that's good that's yeah good. I'm, I'm i'm pleased for you I, I am indeed a cheap date again tonight well, what are you on tonight uh i'm on brewdog punk ipa oh back to the brewdog well, it was on brewdog, offering tesco uh, it's it's uh, five pounds for four cans up here at the moment it was less than that. It was something... I think it was... I think it was £12 for 12 cans. We are 14 for the 12 because we've got minimum pricing up here. Ah. You see, we've got lots of alcoholics, so it's only 12 Uh Well, we introduced... Sorry, we've got um, lots of less affluent alcoholics. <laughs> we introduced minimum pricing because of the alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the only effect that minimum pricing actually had was the cheap, crappy alcohol went up in price. Yeah. You know, um, the, the, the sort of, the craft beers and stuff like that, it didn't affect it. And free, free bottles of wine for a tenner from Asda, we don't get that anymore. Do you want uh, to though? Because I've drank some of that wine. It's grim. Yeah, there was never it was never the best wine, the free for a tenner from Asda. No, that sort of wine is all right for bottle three. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you've already had a couple of bottles and you're like, oh, well, we'll have to drink the cooking wine now because I'm not opening another expensive one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's Friday tomorrow. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm making a spinach and prawn curry. Oh, tomorrow so what what would you recommend with that i have no idea because i don't eat shellfish okay i, I could tell i've come to the wrong sommelier for this one sorry i'm uh, jewish i don't do i don't do shellfish or pork so i can't help an awful lot with that one. Oh, look at me with a straight face and say you don't do pork i don't do pork don't pork i don't do pork but i can handle a large piece of meat there we go. Yeah, we go. Is that um? But that sounds like fish. So, so white wine with that? Oh yeah, it'll be a white wine. Something. What What are you doing with these things that I don't know what they taste like? Prawns. Yeah. Oh, they'll just be. Uh... Probably very quickly pan fried and then oh it's it's not gonna be one of these marinade sauces that cooks for ages, so the probably fry so, off my my masala in a pan. Are they a sweet flavour? Do they have like a really strong umami flavour? No, they're they're, they're, they're they're sweet. So you're gonna want to dry white then if you've got a sweet main. Hmm. Maybe a soft blonde, a grassy soft long or something like that mm. if you're listening viewer listeners uh, put your comments just send your comments you can tweet us or send your comments yes uh, if you know anything about wine Ian. which is great because this episode goes out on tuesday after he's already had the meal and the wine so yeah, what he'll be able to do then is look back and go oh shit i should have had that wine with it bugger yeah yeah but the beauty is that uh when we record next week's episode we'll just pretend 
Yeah, but I also get the joy of knowing that you're going to be sad because somebody's going to have recommended a wine you hadn't thought of, and then you'd be like, oh, I should have thought of that. That's ruined that meal for me now. But we got last. We got the football result. The football result correct last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely got the football result correct. So there you go. I mean, the, the was, listeners was, will never know. It was a draw, wasn't it? I'm trying yes. to remember. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Draw. I didn't watch it. I did. I got drunk watching it. I couldn't be bothered. I don't. I just don't get it. Just don't get it. I'd much rather wa- watch ice hockey. At least there they can punch each other. Uh, isn't there rules about the fighting in ice hockey? Yeah, make sure you don't drop the no, stick no. before you punch them. Is that it, is it? <laughs> and don't hit them with the stick. Don't hit them with the stick. Oh, where's the fun in that? Sorry, let That's... me rephrase that. Don't purposely hit them with the stick. I see, I see. Um, so I think we've got a couple of crap episodes now. What order do we come in? Do we get Q in Voyager before DS9? No, we get them in DS9 before Voyager. So we've got Q in, Vo- in DS9 next. Yeah. Um, so, Q, Q less. Q, yeah. The only bit that... Vash is in that one. Yeah. Uh, but I think the only good thing about that episode is where... Cisco punches on. It's alright. It's... It's a, it makes a good meme. I just mean it as an episode. It's not terrible. Uh, it's alright. It's, it's borderline terrible. Or is it? I don't know. Maybe, I think I'll watch it again, actually, now I've said that. Yeah, I think no. I'll watch it again. It's, it's, it's not profit and lace. It's all right. Is it as good as Threshold? Uh, it exists. It's DS9, therefore yes. Okay. Because as we know, Threshold is the greatest single episode of Star Trek ever created. As you keep telling me. So, let's move on to better episodes of Voyager and have a think about Death Wish. Well, that is a very good Q episode. I yes. I certainly agree with you on that one. I also love that Q. He's brilliant. Who's the actor again? He's a really I have actor. no idea, but he's got a re- he does gormless face really well. He was, he was in Scrubs. Um... Oh God, he was! It's Doctor Kelso from Scrubs. Yeah. How the hell did I never realise that until you said it? I I I, I don't know. Yeah, really good actor. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we've mentioned this before, but Star Trek over the years has had some absolutely great guest stars, of which obviously John Delancey. Yeah, yeah. Forget, we forget that technically John Delancey is a guest star. Yeah, very much so. Um, um, of which he is one. Um, and also we've got another tremendous guest star in Death Wish, not Death Wish, Q in the Grey, when we come to talk about that. Got another tremendous uh, guest star in that. Yeah, Isn't, and all the rest of the guest stars are played by Jeffrey Coombs. Isn't, uh, which, which is the one, oh, it's Q2 that 
he turns up with his son, isn't it? Yes. And amazingly, it's his actual son, which is son. fucking does, cool. Does look like him. No, he, it actually is his son. Yes, it, it does look like him. The oh. the actor who plays Q's son is Q's son. It's John Delancey's yeah. son. It's fucking I cool. Know. I know, that's why he looks like him. I know, but it's his actual son, Gregor. I know. That's why he looks like him. But did you know he's his... Oh, anyway, shall we stop? Why does... Why does the answer to who gets does, bored first is James. Why does the actor that plays Q's son look like John Delancey? So much. Uh, I'm just going to drink my beer. Tell me when this argument's oh. over. Is it because it's his son? See, I told his you. His actual right. son. So, right, so yeah. we were talking about Death Wish. Yeah. Which is brilliant. We see a different side to the queue. We see this very vulnerable queue. We find out about the fact that the continuum's not all as beautiful and lovely as they try to give us the impression. Um, We get to try... This is the one where we travel to the continuum, isn't it? And we see them in the rocking chairs and things at the garage. It is that episode, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, the road's a metaphor for the queue, isn't it? And it never ends. Yeah, but... No matter the... which direction you go. If you you know, you know go one way forward at a time, one way back at a time, but the road never ends, isn't that what um, Don't we also explain? see the stagnation of the queue, though? With them just basically sitting there doing nothing. And that's part of the reason why he can't tolerate existing in that state forever. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to watch this one again tonight, actually, now. Uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to watch this one when we finish here. Death Wish. Yeah, it is a, a great episode. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think about the queue and the grey? I mean, first of all, right, because I, I mentioned it about great guest stars. Q and the Grey's got Susie Plax and what a guest star. It's all right. It's a bit... It's a bit fucking creepy. Are you talking about the big Q sex scene at the end? Apparently my internet has hung slightly. Or Gregor's house. You're frozen, James. I'm going for beer. Right, sorry about that. Sorry, I'm going for beer. Yeah, go and grab one. Okay. Brothers Joker IPA. Very nice. So, I was saying that um, the Q and the Grey is just really fucking creepy, and all I heard was, is it because of the big? And then our oh, internet it... went a bit weird. So I, I'm okay. dreading to think what that next word is. Oh, okay. Is it because of the big Q sex scene? 
it's just a little bit... No, it's not a little bit. It's fucking creepy. Okay, what's creepy about the Cuny Because that's not a word I would associate It's the whole way that he tries to influence power over Janeway to try and get her to have his babies. Alright, so it's the uh, have sex with me and I'll get you home. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's many a girl on a bus stop done that, you know. That still doesn't mean that the bloke who's offered it isn't fucking creepy. Do you not think she should have taken one for the team to get her crew home? I mean, let's face it. Let's be honest now. Doing that and taking that for the team was a lot less harmful than how she actually got them home. I don't feel appropriate responding to what a female character should or shouldn't do with her own body in order to satisfy the needs of other people. Mm. That, That feels like a... I can't make that decision because I've never been in that position, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just incredibly she, uncomfortable. She deleted a hologram's wife. Oh, God, yeah, but but she, I'm she not... She said, def- lose I, the wife. I'm, I'm not defending Janeway. I'm just well, saying let, that it's... Let's, let's... Let's be honest, defending Janeway and her ever-shifting morals is a very tough job. <laughs> I just find this episode creepy. I find it, 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 it... It's sexual manipulation and it's creepy. It's very well written um, and it does exactly what it should because I imagine that an omnipotent creature would do this sort of thing. Uh, and I have. It's not like Prophet and Lace where it shouldn't exist. I, I, I agree with the episode existing. It's just creepy, but I think it's meant to be. I don't know if it's creepy. I mean, is it? Is it not more a case he's trying to trying to get her to be his surrogate? I don't know. And again, um, culturally, that is a lot more common in America than it is here. Yeah, but I don't know. It just feels a little bit like Q's trying to essentially use Janeway. Is he wanting to actually... It's the word mate. It's... It's not a great word to use when you're trying to chat somebody up. Would you like to mate or be my mate? It's well, all very... No, I don't like it. I'll put it this way. If I was Harry Kim and Seven of Nine said to me, you wish to copulate, I wouldn't have run away. No, but that's... What you've just said there is done in a way where both parties sound like they're actually getting some physical enjoyment out of the experience. What, Harry Kim enjoyed running away? No, I mean, the offer isn't an issue, because had Harry said yes, 
it but sounds it was... like both parties would have been doing that for mutual sexual gratification, which is fine. It wasn't. But it was terrified. For... It was terrified. He took one look at her and went, "She's going to kill me," and ran. Yeah, and he said no. And and then Seven didn't then spend the next however long spending different ways to try and persuade Harry to fuck her. Which is where it gets creepy with Q. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't remember that. I think I might have been screaming at the TV going, Harry, what the fuck are you thinking about? <laughs> it's the repetitive trying to manipulate her to sleep with him that's just fucking creepy. But I like it as an episode and it should exist because there are plenty of people out there who will behave like that. Yeah, but all she had to do was touch his finger. That's not the point. And I, 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 I also, what I don't get, and this is one of the flaws in the story, um, wouldn't that have just been a mixed race cue and not a QQ? I don't know. I'm not an omnipotent space god. Well, I, I just think it's a slight flaw in the story amongst or, many, many other... carrying on flaw. the god analogy... Was he wanting to make Q Jesus? No. No, that's very interesting. Would it have been an immaculate conception? I don't know, because that story is creepy as well. (laughs) I better not say that. (laughs) Remind me when I edit this bit to get rid of that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, Mary, of course God's the dad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just find that bit creepy. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's a funny episode. I don't think it, it's the best. I, I think the chaos in the continuum was portrayed much better in the previous episode that we just spoken about. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, but generally, it is a good episode. Yes, it's creepy. Yes, he summons this massive big red sex bed. But I like it as an episode. And it's creepy for all the right reasons. And I'm not that much of a prude that I don't want to watch things that are creepy. I just want to acknowledge that it's creepy while I'm watching it. So, so- next, we've got Q2. How can we not talk about Baby Q? Well, um, Kim, I'm not going to go into any father son fantasy here, okay? I'm I'm not going to go there. Good, because I've just been talking about things that are creepy. That comes under that category. Right, okay. Okay, so we're getting the ground rules now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, However, uh, what about one one night, one the following night? Oh, well, probably a couple of nights in between. Can we give it a few years in between? All right, okay. Uh, Just so that it's not quite as wrong. Okay, okay, okay. How about, how about Hugh the Sun, as in John Delancey and Encounter of Farpoint, and Q as in the Picard trailer. 
Yeah, 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 that that I'm down with. Can I have both of those at the same time? You just you were just going on about stuff being creepy. Yeah, that's not creepy. That's that's the same person twice. Well, I was more meaning that the son now looks like his dad did and encounter a fat boy. Uh... Oh, you're, are you looking up the actor? Uh... No, I, I, I've looked up Keegan Delancey and I was just um, having to um, work out how appropriate or inappropriate this conversation was going to be. So, no, I will have waited a couple of years after he filmed this episode. Well, I, I have no idea how old he was, actually. Now, I presume he was about 18, 20 years old. Cause he, he, he was, he this was is why I looked sizes. it up, because he was 17. Was he? Yeah. Uh, which is why I wanted to look it up, <laughs> just in case. And okay. I'm glad I looked it up. He's not 17 now. Oh, God, no, no, no. He's only two years younger than me. He's he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 36. So when this episode came out, it would have been perfectly fine for me to be attracted to him because I'd have been 19. And that's not weird. Uh, when did the episode come out? 2001. First of all, I was 31. Yeah, it would have been creepy for you. Um, well, I, I, I wasn't really that attracted to him, to be honest with you, at the time. I'd, I want to know what he looks like now, but I can't seem to find a picture of Keegan Delancey now. He probably didn't act that much. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I think I found one. Oh, no, that's when he was in Ally McBeal. I didn't know he was in Ally McBeal. He was in Ally McBeal? Apparently. Apparently he was in Season 3, Episode 3 of Ally McBeal. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, he's matured nicely. To the point where he may be fitter than his dad. <laughs> I'm just looking... He's not. He actually looked more like his dad when he was younger. I think. I don't really know. Yeah, I thought in that episode he looked more like his dad than he does now. He's not acted. In fact, it looks like Star Trek Voyager was the last thing he's he did. So. Uh, yeah. So what what happens in Q two? Is it is it does it, is he wanting? He, he wants Janeway, Janeway to, to teach um, Baby Q how to... Because uh, Baby Q's being naughty. So Baby Q has all his powers stripped um, and made into a human and basically just left with Janeway. Uh, and she's supposed to teach him how to be a, a better person rather than the bit of a dick that he is. Um, so then... Baby Q manipulates Echeb and they both bugger off in a shuttle and end up in a thing that almost gets them both killed and then they come back and Baby Q learns about the benefits of friendship because, to quote my little pony, friendship is magic! And then Q comes back and it's all done. Ah, so it's... Uh, and Q turns uh, up and looks at Janeway in the bath and it's fucking creepy again. Oh, she's got plenty of bubble bath. It's still fucking creepy. 
Um, he, he turned up in Picard's bed at one point. I mean, he's not. You know, I, I'm not he, saying he that's not sing. creepy either. That is also creepy. Although Q seems to treat Janeway as more of a sexual object than he does Picard. Uh, well, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, this is episode's essentially a, a remake of Deja Q, isn't it? Pretty much. Uh, so there must have been there must have been more ideas that week. It's not a bad episode. I quite enjoy it. It doesn't further the plot of Voyager because nothing does, but it <laughs> it it's all right. It, it's enjoyable. It's you are you are having a go at JJ's favorite Trek series. I'm not. I'm having a go at the fact that they should have learned from DS Nine that you can have a linear story in Star Trek and still have episodic elements to it, and they didn't. What what do you what do you think is creepier? Q's relentless pursuit of Janeway. <gasps> sorry, I, I've just read that Keegan Delancey is actually gay, so it means I've got a chance. But anyway, sorry, carry on. Q's <laughs> relentless pursuit of Janeway or Barclay or uh, what's his face, Jordy's completely inappropriate. Oh, that, that, that no, no, holiday. no, let's not create holographic versions of real people just so that we can fuck them in the holodeck and then they can actually turn up and actually find out that you've basically made a sex program about them it's just i, I would i would just like to go on record and say that if holodecks were real i would never create a hologram of a real person that i could fuck in the holodeck ever good i will i want that on record good do you believe me i would have done if you hadn't have said it so unconvincingly but you see, if you were to take elements of real people and then to create a new entity based on that, then that's not them, so it's less weird. That's a bit weird science, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of creepiness in Star Trek. But there's a lot of creepiness in the actual world, so there should be creepiness in Star Trek because it's supposed to be a lens through which we view our own existence. <clears throat> so I don't say this in a "oh that shouldn't be on my television" rah 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 kind of way. I say that in a "we should acknowledge this. It's creepy, but that's that that's the way of the world, and we've got to acknowledge that sadly the world isn't perfect." Could, could we could we introduce a creepy scale from say Q and Picard in bed all the way up to uh, LaForge and Leah Brahms? Or is there something creepier than that? I'm trying to think, is there anything creepier than that? I can't think oh mm. What about Beverly Crusher? Fucking the ghost that also fucked her grandma? Is that creepy or just fucking weird? I don't know, because from the ghost's perspective, that's fucking creepy. I fucked your mum and now I'm going to do you's really fucking creepy. Hmm. I, mean, I, I mean... No, I think that's a close second. 
No, no, I think I that's mean, a close second. Te- was the ghost fucking the dead granny and Beverly at the same time? I don't know, but do you see what I mean? There's lots of creepy in Star Trek. And other than that episode, it's fine and should be there because it's a re- meant to be a reflection of actual humanity. That episode just... No, no. It's almost like um, they got... They were really struggling for plots, so they got that weirdo who created Scientology to write an episode. Yeah. It's that level of weird. I mean, and, and what about Tasha? I mean, she basically played with a, the greatest sex toy ever invented, essentially, didn't she? No. Data's not the greatest sex toy ever invented. Odo really is the greatest sex toy ever invented because oh. Odo can be whatever shape you want him to be. Oh, he's not a sex toy, because, you know, we haven't established at this point that Data is... Because uh, we've not had measure of a man. So Data is an android. Okay, so, alright. Are we classing Data as non-sentient then at this point? At, th- at this point, yes, oh, because okay. we've not had measure of a man. Okay. No, I still I still have to class Data as sentient, so I can't. Because the whole point of Data is that as a member of the audience, you class him as sentient. The thinking woman's sex toy. No, the woman's thinking sex toy. That works. Yes, <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, yeah, so let's get off the creepy stuff. Because we could go down we're, a whole We're round. going to struggle because we're talking about Q. But, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, we've done Next Generation. We've done Voyager. We'd already done Lower Decks beforehand. We've briefly mentioned DS9. And we've already covered the Picard thing. So, actually, I think we've we've... We've basically covered most episodes that Q was in. We've been really on topic tonight, Gregory. It's weird. That's, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Uh, yeah. Apart from discussing Jeff Bezos' Amazon delivery to the ISS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was nicely off topic. Uh, and then, obviously, he's going to get punished when he gets home for not delivering it to the right address. Who's going to punish him? Well, he's the boss. He's going to have to email himself, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I I just can't understand why someone would want to pay to sit in between Jeff Bezos and his brother on a spaceship. Is it his brother that's going with him? Yeah, apparently. I, uh, It'd be like, you know, them long journeys as a kid where you got stuck in between two relatives you didn't really like. Yeah. Be like one of them, surely. Only it costs you millions of quid for the privilege. I, I can think of nothing, and I mean nothing, further from the Roddenberry vision of humanity and exploration than Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Richard Branson's commercialization capitalization of space exploration yep. I can think of nothing further from it but we don't really get the beginnings of Roddenberry's vision in the Star Trek universe until we get basically replication created do we 
because then that gets rid of the need for currency, so it gets rid of capitalism because we've got oh, it's, it's, it's virtually even... unlimited power and replicators. Oh, they've got replicators in TOS. Yeah, that's. but if you go back to um, Enterprise, we get told that that's basically when capitalism dies mm. is when power becomes freely available for everybody and replicators are a thing because at that point money becomes pointless if power is virtually unlimited and you can talk to a thing that will make you whatever you want including another one of itself then at, at what at that point capitalism becomes pointless and then society has to find another reason to exist and it's self-worth and exploration or creole cooking if you're cisco's dad yeah, and Cisco himself liked Hungarian food, didn't he? I think Cisco just likes food. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean that in a... I also really like food. Yeah, I think you especially liked it towards the end of DS9. It wasn't quite as uh, athletic. Towards... <laughs> That's not what I was getting at at all, Gregor. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I'm... I, I find it very hard to get excited about these these three guys. Um, I get excited, actually, I couldn't hear their names, but excited in a really angry, shouty way about what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't get it. So I, I think we've pretty much got there this this evening, Gregor, don't you? And we've kept it under two hours. We have. GG. Gigi will be pleased. He will. So, Gregor, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you on social media? Uh, I can be found at Crabbit Ginger on Twitter. And I can be found at Thamilton on Twitter. So that all that remains for us to say is live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.